You're quite hostile. I got a right to be hostile, man. My people been persecuted. Yeah, you start? Yep. Okay, I have now. Huh? I have now. Okay, cool. So, uh, this is uh, Here You Are, Wasa. Welcome to the podcast. I'm uh, your co-host, Dino Corvino, and I'm here with... Eric Sorensen. So, we are on episode... I don't four, know. Four, I believe. This is four. Okay, so we're slowly building mass up to where, uh, you know, we can submit to iTunes and, and you know, become a big, powerful podcast. Yep. Watch but, out, everybody. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the terrifying moment. So we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, music festivals, which is something that's near and dear to, to my heart and, uh, and, and I think yours as well. To a degree. Music, you know. anyway. Right, exactly. So I, I don't really know. Uh, this was a topic that you sort of brought to brought to us, and so where did it where did it come from? Why did you decide to, that we were going to do this? You you don't remember that conversation? Well, no. it was actually your See, idea. It was. I was just okay. bringing it back into the loop. Oh shit! Because we were coming up with ideas. This is happening a lot this summer. So it's, it's that time of year. No, no. Anyway. It's. I think the reality is, you know, it's we're you know we're honest here i'm i'm uh fitfully gainfully unemployed this summer and as a result i can't keep a thought in my head <laughs> i my friend uh our the guy we know joe who lives out in arizona i was talking to him on the phone and i'm like hey so how's work been going he's like i haven't worked in three weeks you know that and i'm like what do you mean you haven't worked in three weeks he's like i'm on short-term disability and i'm like what do you He's like, you know this. And I'm like, okay. He goes, and then he said that just the most hilarious thing. He goes, Dino, I think of you as my best friend, and you don't know I'm on disability? And I'm like, oh, God, no. I didn't. I feel horrible, Joe, but I didn't know you were on disability. He's like, I told you. I'm like, ah. So that's happening more. So apparently this was my idea. You spend your day talking to dogs. I do. I, my entire day revolves around when I'm going to take my dog Gracie to <laughs> uh, the dog park here in Weston, and it it really that's it. That's my whole my whole social life. And what's fun about it is, I think for for years, you know, we've we've been trying to get me to have an actual real world social life, and uh, and I now have a real world social life. It just revolves around the dog park. You know, so I find that to be hilarious. So, Funny. Yeah. But whoever's idea was aside, it's still a good opportunity to, good time to, to have a discussion about, you know, summer music. Right. Exactly. So, so here, I, you know, I we came up with some questions and stuff like that. So, I'll, I we'll start off with some easy stuff. You know, what's your, uh, how many have you been to in your life? Do you think? That was a challenge. That was a challenge to come up with answers to that question because I haven't been to a lot of them. You know, me, I've got crowd anxiety. Right. So going to a, a thing like Summerfest is not up my alley whatsoever. So I've been to, you know, some local fests, Blues Fest, Jazz Fest. We've put on a does couple. The, does the weekend poker fest count? I think that does count. <laughs> that do, I was just talking to somebody on Twitter about that. Yes, that counts. New Glarus Polka Fest is coming up. Right. So. Yeah, I went to the outskirts of the Basilica Block Party in Minneapolis, and you know when I was in Minneapolis, there were lots of day-long right um, parking lot outdoor music shows that were just really sponsored by one bar, and you know that was about as big of a festival as I could handle comfortably. Sure. So, and the last one I think I've been to was a um, I went to Dave Matthews concert with my wife, and although it's not really a music festival, it, it had that same vibe tents stuff going on lots of people so all in all you know what is that six seven yeah pseudo festivals how about you i i've been i've literally been to hundreds yeah so you know i like i i was talking to uh, my brother about this and he's like there's no way you can even make a list (laughs) <laughs> and I, I, like, the problem becomes I can't, indiv- like, uh, I can't individualize the occurrences anymore. Like, I can't honestly go, I've been to 78. Because I have to say things like, I, like, I can actually say I was to 
every Lollapalooza of year one. I saw every one of those shows. And, you know, so... So what stands out? Are there some that stand out above the rest? So, yeah, I mean... Oh God, that's it's it's really it's really that's really hard. Um, I mean, obviously, I think that uh, Ozfest Ozfest one was kind of special, just because it's still uh, Ozzy was still sick, and so Sharon was an active participant in the backstage community, and that was cool. Um, South by Southwest before they added South by Southwest interactive. Was like I saw Iggy Pop in a bar that sat three hundred people, and I've and I've never been so goddamn terrified in my life that I was going to be killed by a performer because I had never really seen him before, and so I wasn't I was not nearly prepared for that energy. But I think that I mean if I had to pick, I think obviously Lollapalooza is a highlight simply because it gave me a chance to see Jane's addiction at the absolute height of their powers every night and it was really I've never seen the you know a crowd I've never I never got to see the bad brains and the bad as a punk rock as a child of punk rock the bad brains are this mythic figure that we all compare everything to that they're the greatest of all time but I've never seen anybody turn an entire crowd on the way Jane's Addiction did night after night after night of that tour. It was really shocking. But, uh, you know, I've seen other, you know, like, I I've, I saw Prince at Coachella. You know, that that's pretty friggin' cool. Um, I once rode a motorcycle from Milwaukee to Texas to go to uh, Willie's Backyard Barbecue. And uh, Willie Nelson, uh, right right in the early '90s, uh, maybe the late '80s, early '90s, uh, got that had all that IRS trouble, and so he had a festival at his farm, essentially, <laughs> to pay off his IRS bill. And so, wow. I'm like, well, sh- shit, I'm a hipster enough at the time, you know, and I owned a motorcycle, so we rode down, and it was ho- never that was the last of my motorcycle days. But uh, you know it, that was fun. Uh, the 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 one festival that I miss that I don't go to uh, anymore is it was something called the Hootenanny, which was sort of a rockabilly and car culture festival in Southern California. Mm-hmm. That was that was one that I really liked a lot. The the couple of times I went and I I had I flew out to uh, it was a chance to see the one year it was Mike Ness and his in so, his solo band. And then the next year, social distortion headlined, and I thought, you know, I want to see, I want to see that in that culture because it's a it's a band that I'm particularly in love with. But yeah, I think it's you know it's Lollapalooza one because it was, you know, the Rollins band, Nine Inch Nails, Body Count, uh, somebody else, maybe Jesus and the Mary Chain, and. Uh, and uh, Jane's Addiction and yeah just watching Ice-T and Perry Farrell every night was really you know worth the cost of admission for me so that was kind of cool but uh, yeah so you know I'm a big big supporter of, of music festivals I think that as I've gotten older they've changed quite a bit uh, for me it's now well there was a there was a middle section in there where I couldn't sort of separate enjoying them from criticizing them, you know, because we, mm-hmm. you and I put on a, a live music, an all day music event. And then we put on, uh, we put on a, a couple of jazz events for the River Valley Jazz Society. Right. And so when you're, I think when you're working on them, you, you sort of have this sense of, I, I want to be, or I have a sense of, I'm a critic. Like for years, I just would berate Big Bull Falls Blues Festival for, in my opinion, just sort of stinking. But the reality is, I, I, you know, I think I was alone in that opinion in a lot of ways. Like the blues community, which I was a part of at the time, seemed to like it just fine. So my instinct 
is was probably incorrect, you know. But mm -hmm. uh, so I'm just looking up the first year of Lollapalooza. Yeah, just tell me what I'm missing. I think it's interesting though, because I'm looking at Wikipedia, and in '92 there were I, there had to be like 30 side stage bands. Oh yeah, the first year there was one. Yep. Was it Blind Melon? No. Othello's Revenge. Who? Othello's Revenge. Yep. Okay, no idea who that is. <laughs> but on the main stage, this was Susie and the Banshees. Oh, that's right. Okay. Living yeah. Color, Fishbone, Butthole Surfers. Yeah. So the some fans. of those were weren't were there for the whole time. Some of those weren't there the whole time. Like Susie was there the whole time, and and to be fair, she's she's a terrifying human being in real life, and so you know I didn't really want to do anything with that, but. Uh, yeah, Fishbone, Jesus. That's that's a band that I, I look at my friends and say, I wish you had gotten a chance to see Fishbone. You know, because... Okay, so I'm looking at the list too now. So, Jane's Addiction, Susie, Living Color, Nine Inch Nails, Fishbone, Ice Tea, Body Count. Man. I don't know who EBN is. and the fem, I don't remember the Femmes ever being there. Yeah, never once. So, yeah, I mean, that really... That I mean, that's a great that's a great day, you know, for us children of the '90s. Right. You know, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun, and we, you know, and and the band that I, I was working for, Henry's band, went on at like noon, and and just nobody gave a shit. It was great, you know, because then we'd play for forty minutes or whatever it is, and just be done, you know, by two o'clock in the afternoon, and so that was. And we could go watch and hang out with our friends. So that was, it really was everything that everybody thinks it was. It was really just sort of a traveling carnival, which I thought was great. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, but let's, let's talk about sort of Wausau festivals a little yeah. bit. So I think we have this thing here in, in central Wisconsin where we, where we bond or uh, pair festivals with other events. For example, uh, church festivals, mm -hmm. you know. So we have this uh, fundraising, the, right? You you tie this thing to a fundraising idea, you know. Disco cures cancer, or you know, whatever. So, but we have. I mean, I think we have. I I'm going to call the four the the events that happen on the 400 block. I think that's a, a summer long music festival in a way, you know, because it really is just sort of. You know, a couple of thousand people. There's a band, and it's really about, you know, this sort of the reintroduction of this is our community, kind of over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, and it's not really. Again, I I have a different set of what I want out of a music festival, but I think that it it achieves a positive thing for the community. You know, then oh, there's definitely. what do you think? Oh, it definitely does. I mean, the economic benefits are have been great, I think, for the downtown, and it's part of why they continue to thrive. Do you go? Bigger. Do you bring the wife and kid to the to that? No. No. Okay. No. Does the does I mean? We I we did we went to some of the earlier ones, but then as the crowds got bigger and uh, the seasons started to change, you know, the, the last couple of summers it's been you know close to ninety on some yep. of those days, and that heat and crowds, it just I'm like a, a angry animal right i can imagine around yeah. it at all so no we haven't so for everybody listening the 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 400 block here in wasa is one i think it's a standard city block that uh is right downtown and uh eric and i managed to raise the money to build a band stage for it over a uh, million dollars right you. i mean maybe you know we'll take credit for it here but uh some Are other we, people probably helped well, but, they did. Yeah, but we but, also won Person of the Year. I just want to note that. That's right, we yeah. did. I am, I am a, a <laughs> winner of the. You and I are both winners of Person of the Year. I really should put that up on my LinkedIn page. Yeah, yeah you should. Um, and so, uh, they for years it was a temporary stage on on this sort of unstructured piece of dirt, essentially, and and the local weekly paper would would sponsor bands and they would come and play and people would show up and you know just kind of watch and have a good time but over over time that uh we we raised some money eric and i by ourselves without anyone's help uh 
we raised the 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 dollars and we we Eric by on with his graphic and visual sense redesigned the physical space and uh and there's a, a permanent stage and uh and it's it's just grown now it's now it's actually just sort of over compressed you know yeah. now it's an authentic amphitheater outdoor yep. amphitheater with too many people running yeah. out of space. It really and the what's interesting about it for me is sort of the the stuff that sprung up around it. You know, like business like specifically Malarkey's pub had altered their business model for in the summer to come up with a way to sell alcohol to the thousands of people who are on the street or on the in the park, which is right across the street from uh, the park. Or right across the street from the bar, and so it's, it's that's fascinating. That sort of reflects the impact of, you know, putting thousands of people together on the same day for ten, fifteen years at a time. Well, and it's not just the one bar that has you know sort of a connection to the festival atmosphere. It's everybody, every business on that block is open to their doors later to accept visitors because they know the boon that it is for their business. Yeah, I mean, it really. It builds a stronger it, relationship with the community. Yeah, I mean, and and the other thing is, it's really overcrowded. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, you know, people make fun of of this this one guy who I won't say his name, but it literally just looks like he brings a buffet set up, <laughs> you know, and he's he's a food guy, and he's just he shows up at like four in the afternoon to begin to lay out his table, and it just takes up all this room, and and. It's fun to sort of watch people bitch about that. Just, you know, oh, there's the buffet guy again. God damn it. And just, you know, complaining on social media is just awesome. So, yeah. I mean, I I like it just because, you know. It's, because there's nothing else like it in the area. Right. There's nothing else like it. It drives me absolutely up the wall for some for some reasons. But, you know, I think that as I've as I get older, I sort of care less about that like the thing that drives me just up the wall is just kids ending up on stage with the bands and it's not like there's no it's not like they're part of the act kids are just running amok and they're like hey let's run up on the stage and they just run that way and it's like oh god and all I keep thinking to myself is you're going to kick a guitar you know you're going to kick a guitar and then that's you know you're we're all screwed so but it, it never the thing is that never happened. So that's just me being a control freak, I think, from years of being a control freak. Let's see, what other ones do we have? Uh why not Wausau? You really put that in the category? I think it's a I I think it's a festival. How many years has it been around? Let's see, is this I the third year? I produced one the I pro, they did an event at, at Rib Mountain called Sneak Peak. Uh, and they, and I, I know I worked on that. Uh, then they did a, the first year up at up on Rib Mountain. Then they came downtown, and they came downtown. So I think this this if it happens this year, and I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, uh, this would be the fourth summer downtown. Let me Google it. <laughs> so it still has a domain. And our friend Andy... Okay, there's nothing there. Our friend Andy did the logo, but that's really it. Okay, so there's nothing there. But I, I liked it because I thought it was a a cool festival. You know, I thought that they were, you know... They had... Uh, okay, the last time they tweeted anything was in 2010. Yeah, I think it had a good. I think it was a good idea. It just seemed to get smaller year after year. Yeah, it seemed like it was you know, on its on its way out the door. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was produced or funded by uh, a creative agency, an advertising agency, a brand, whatever they're called, Flapjack Creative here in town, and uh, and they did it themselves. You know, as a way to sort of, I think probably as a, you know, a white paper of what's possible. You know, look, this is what we could do if you wanted to do it, kind of thing. But at some point, you know, 
I'm sure that they they probably never made it. I mean, the first year they charged money for it. In the second year, the two years they were on Rim Mountain, they charged money for it. So I think they probably maybe they broke even. But the you know after a while, you know you got to pay bands in downtown. They weren't paying any bands, so I don't know how they they made money. But you know, but it was a festival for a while. Uh, let's see what else has been here. Log Jam. Remember Log Jam? I do. They're still around. Is it really? Uh, well, it's in Mozanie now. It's, it's in Mozanie now. Okay. Not in Wausau, but they're still going strong. By strong. Not really a music mean. festival, though. Yeah. If we're talking just music festivals, that's more of a history festival. Is it real? Okay. I the only reason I ever went to Log Jam was the year that they brought Los Lobos to town. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was hilarious because I had, when I lived in California, I saw Los Lobos in the Rose Bowl. With one hundred thousand other people, hmm. you know. First of all, it's their hometown. They're <laughs> Hispanic. They're a Hispanic band, so they have an advantage in Los Angeles. But in Wasa, they played to like five hundred people. I'm like, wow. this is like one of the greatest rock bands of all time, and nobody's <laughs> here. Okay, like I think I'm talking to the drummer while he's playing. You know, just <laughs> it was bad. But I think the the largest festival that we have. Uh, is Blues Fest, right? Probably. You know, long, so I mean the longest running anyway. Yep. It's so uh Blues Fest is the longest running Blues Fest in Wisconsin. Uh Big Bull Falls Blues Festival. It's uh it's been 3 days, but it's 2 days now. Oh, really? Yeah, there was this, there was a stretch there where you know, they instead of doing sort of the that chamber night that they kind of do on Friday, they mm. do they did it on Thursday, mm. you know, so they you know, or they you know they every now and then they try these new thing they would try a new thing like add a different they one time they added a second stage, you know, and it's like okay just for John Altenberg I sent I think to play on, mm, you yeah. know but, uh, yeah I mean Blues Fest draws on Saturday they draw over 10,000 people. Nice. That's a that's a big time shindig. Do you, you still know? go every year? Even though you're not No. Involved no. As much? I haven't no. gone. I didn't go at all last year. Um I mean my my criticism of that is really it's it's really sort of unchanged. I just think that they the the blues world, which I'm not a part of really anymore, um, is a much broader palette or wider range of sounds and, and we'll just say colors uh, than than they than they choose to book. And so it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, you could you could do more. It's it's so I don't want to go. And I've seen as as I was saying, they keep sort of regurgitating or bringing back talent. And so as a result, it's like I don't. I don't need to see Shannon Kerfman again. I, I saw her the one time, and I wasn't particularly impressed. So, but I think the the cool thing about it is, again, if I can get past sort of my personal musical taste and just go, okay, that's ten thousand people buying products, you know, and, and you know, being together and, and using this Wasa area events program. I think that that's kind of brilliant, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I think that's an important part of these. An important part of these things is not just about listening to the music. I mean, I think that that, you know, like Blues Fest is famous for or infamous for the uh egg roll lady. You know, she she so the there's this woman who makes egg rolls and you know, they have food vendors. They got 10, 15 food vendors and you know, they have somebody selling tie-dyes and jewelry and all this crap and uh but years and years and years ago some lady started saying i want to sell egg rolls and she started selling egg rolls and it was just a one-off thing like she had a trailer or a grill or something and she was she was really into egg rolls and it she became the egg rolls are so good that she became popular and popular and now it's she's her own business you know so the the egg roll lady from the the festival is now the egg roll lady year round. That's her standalone business. And it's really, it's really kind of cool that that happens. We should have an egg roll festival. 
that seems to be a big thing around here. Maybe yeah. we could book some music and just have a bunch of egg roll vendors and some music. There are so there are a lot of, you know, us having a pretty large Hmong community. It seems like there are egg rolls all over the place. And good ones, too, sometimes. Yeah. You know, but... Uh... Yeah, I think your comment about the, um, the being the same bands or the same, I don't know, style year after year, I think that's plaguing the concerts on the square, too, because it's sort of lazy booking. They seem to be just, hey, this band was popular last year, so let's bring them back again next year. Right. Which, to a point, makes sense, but don't bring them back for a third year or a fourth year. You do that with one band, okay, you know, maybe they're the the sort of the house band right. for this year-round festival. But if it becomes three or four bands that you see every year or every other year, that's not moving it in any good direction either. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think you're right. I think there's that, you know, thing where it's like, is the the question becomes, is specifically for the 400 block and, and Blues Fest, is the is the music driving the festival or is the community driving the festival? Right. And I think in the case of the 400 block, the community is driving the community and the band is irrelevant in, in a lot of ways. I mean, I think that we can point to uh, the, the reaction, the public reaction to Sunspot when they played. Yeah. So, you know, I mean... There's no way that anybody in the entire universe can tell me that Sunspot is not entertaining. There's no one in the entire world is going to tell me that. Right. And people complained that, you know, they were too rock and roll and too, you know, too loud and too high energy for the festival. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I don't I don't even know what to say, you know, but that's that that was the moment where I went yeah, you guys really just sort of want music in the background to you being together as a community, which is kind of brilliant, you know? I mean, I think if you go there, you can see there's the 5% of the crowd that's sort of standing in front of the stage doing the I'm at a festival dance, which is unique. <laughs> and uh, and the rest of everybody else is really seeing their friends, seeing each other, which I think is a fine thing but being a music snob for over you know for years i had to sort of come to terms with okay you're not you're not here to get blown away by the music you're here to spend time with your friends which is not what i experience music for you know and a testament to that too is if you get a little bit of rain sprinkled yep. a downpour whatever it is and they move that concert inside more than half of those people stay outside. Yep. In in the rain. Yeah. With their picnics, with no music. Yep. I mean that that that's and just sort just of as good of a time. Exactly. And so as a result, it's you know it's it's a festival kind of, but it's really just sort of you know a gathering you know that somebody booked a band for, which I think right. is is fine. You know, it's not it's not what I would do, but you know part of that is coming to terms with and, and we'll talk about what we would book for our festivals and, and you know and obviously for my festival it would be a crowd of one you know so <laughs> no no one is really going to be that interested in what I want to see but you know it uh, yeah so how do you think hold on so let's let's go let's step up a little bit and make it a little bit broader so do you think that Wasa could do more. Yes. Music. Okay. Oh, music festival. Sorry, you weren't done. Yeah, I say right because <laughs> right. The answer to can Wasa do more is always yes. And um, could they do more to support these festivals? Let's specifically blues festival. I'm not really the best person to ask about the blues yeah. festival. So could they do more? To, like so could they do more? I think the problem, though, is you know, the, the the concert on the square is indicative of the problem. Is that if you had to pay money to go to that, yep, they wouldn't get 25 percent of those people nope. to go. Nope. It's it's successful because it's free. Yep. And blues is successful because of the the high caliber of acts that they brought in originally. Yep. And people's love of blues like right. yourself and you know becoming something that big throughout an entire statewide 
region right. is why it's successful because people travel here because there's nothing like it anywhere else. Right. Because they're willing to pay for that. Nobody's going to be willing to pay to drive from southern Wisconsin to see Hip Pocket for free <laughs> on yeah. the 400 block. It's not going to happen. Right. They wouldn't even pay to see that. You know? So, I, I don't know. That's a that's a tough question because the minute you start charging things in this area, charging for things in this area, you lose half your population. Oh yeah, yeah. See, for me, what I think, uh, I think the four hundred block shows all just about all of them. Like when the radio station or what? What is Frontier? Is a is the phone company? They do an event. Mm-hmm. You know, the radio station, the Midwest Communications does an event. Every now and then, somebody them set like Mike Cepris did an event years ago with his band. You know, when when people do them, they're I think they're invariably successful. You know, I think if you put live music on that stage, downtown is is moving and vibrant enough now that it can support. That it it turns out like there are people lingering. You know, downtown there is a there is a pulse downtown. Whereas it, you know, it, I didn't always think that, but. You know, there's there you you show up and plug in an electric guitar. People are going to stand in front of you and watch. Like the guy last week that I saw who pulled up a boombox and started breakdancing on the stage. Those dudes are awesome. <laughs> I was not when you and I had lunch. When you yeah, and I they, had lunch, I'm walking back to my car. Yeah. And there were like five Asian cats on stage with a boombox and a piece of cardboard, <laughs> and they were breakdancing. And there was only one of them when I left, so they oh. must have grown oh <laughs> it was i was like i don't know who you guys are but if if you had a jar out i'd give you money but yeah i mean that like when jim carlson the folk singer songwriter mm-hmm. guy used to do his thing called the non-cert where he would just because he lived in the right. landmark right, right in the right. apartment building right there he'd just walk outside start playing over yeah. the years all of his musician friends would come along and they'd start playing along and you know, it grew to be, you know, like the last time they did it, there were there were probably 200 people there kind of lingering about listening to, you know, a non-concert concert. So that right. was, you know, I think if anything, the the city needs to sort of come to terms with, you know, it, it needs to grow up about alcohol. It really does. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You know, like I don't, like I really don't understand. Like Tyler is sort of, Tyler from Malarkey's Pub has explained I think to me 58 times okay the bottles have to be unopened when people walk across the street or they have to be in a bucket or they have to be upside down or you know he's got to write something on the label I don't even understand the rules but he can sell them alcohol but they can't open it in the bar and walk the 10 feet across the street or whatever the shit you know (laughs) That we have to come to terms with that, and I think that that's a bigger, that's a big question. You know, that's a, a city council sort of question. I also think that they need to close those streets down. That's that was going to be my point. Was that I think that's part of what makes Blues Fest successful is that that you it's gated. Yeah. Show. You have to walk through a particular area, and you're allowed to do things in there that you can't outside. Yeah. Concerts on the square is successful because anybody can roam around there. Right. But the you know the minute you start charging, people aren't necessarily going to go, right? Because they're accustomed to getting it for free, right? I where think what, if they had started out with this other model, who knows? Yeah, I think I think the if through really just blind luck that nobody's been hit by a car yet, right? I mean, because Scott Street is one of the main thoroughfares of of the city. And it is it is one of the borders of the 400 block, and I think that they could they should close those streets that border the 400 block for the for the evening of the concerts. You know, at 6 p.m. to 9:30 or whenever they get done. You know, and, and just shut those streets off. You know, and it would allow just a little bit more breathing room. You know, and the other thing is competition too. You know, I've heard that. There, certain food trucks can't be in certain areas because oh, they're too Christ. close to certain restaurants. Yeah, well, you know, open it up to the competition. You close off the roads. You should line those streets with, yeah. with food trucks, right, of any kind. You know, whether it's a little ice cream cart or something. You know, yeah. they, sh- 
We have food trucks now. Right. Like the other night, and we had a food truck in Weston for Christ's sake. There was a food truck at the comedy club. Yeah. And I'm like, holy Christ, I have to stop just because <laughs> it's I'm you know this never. It's like saying, you know, it's the carny event at in the Shopco parking lot. You know, you 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 have to support this stuff. And so, you know, yeah, we have I don't know probably five, six different food trucks, food carts in in Wausau now. You know, if, if, you know, there's Urban Bistro, this thing that I went to at the comedy club was some sort of uh, Hunan joint, you know, and, you know, there's there's the taco truck, Mike's taco truck. You know, I think that if, if they supported those and set them up there, you know, put them over by the Grand Theater, put them on that block, you know, then they're far enough away from all the businesses, but... It's you know, that, the other thing that people haven't thought about too, and and is is that we, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, is that that people need to in the city need to think bigger. And if yeah. you had a festival on the four hundred block, you could have a side stage in the parking lot across from the former Fillmore. Close off all those streets. You could walk back and forth between the different stages. I mean, how great would that be? Right. Right. Have a smaller could... band out there. Yeah. You've got bars in there. You've got all kinds of other options. Yeah. It'd be a lot of fun. I mean, because the thing is, it would be nice if they could connect, you know, and now we're going to we're gonna have our Tyler moment a little bit, you know, if, if they could connect all of it together. You know, you start at that parking lot that you're talking about, you know, then you, you intermission, the 400 block, Malarkey's, then you walk just a little bit. I mean, it's pretty far for people in Wausau to walk, but it's just, in actuality, I think it's three blocks or four blocks. You know, the Glass Hat and the Pollock Inn. Mm-hmm. You know, if you you know if you connected all of them, if you had sort of a destination sort of thing at all of those, then all of a sudden it becomes this kind of pub crawl that you know works in other cities. Right. You know, I don't. We we really don't like that here, Exhibitor. You know, so uh, right. Uh, the that was a that was a joke. So if you live in Wausau, you're familiar with uh, the exhibitor debacle. So it's against the law in Wisconsin to drink alcohol, to have open alcohol in public or something. I think it's a city ordinance in Wausau. I don't think it's a state law. No, no, because the deal is. It's I if I remember well whatever there's there's an ordinance and I I don't think it's just the city I think it's the okay. state hmm. because I think the state the city council went hey this is it's not on us it's on, because if it was on if it was just the city council I think you know Tom Neal and those that crew of people would have you know raised holy hell but I think the deal is it was higher up than that and they couldn't change it so I think the deal is you can't walk with open intoxicants and I think that that makes sense I think that. You probably can't walk around downtown Milwaukee with a drink in your hand. I just, I think that that's probably right. Um, and so we had this event, Exhibit Tour, where local businesses would hang art or have art inside their business, and they would also have wine of, of you know, varying cheapness. And, and you, food. And food, and just sort of, you know, you'd walk from place to place, look at art, talk to people, walk to the next place. And people were taking their small glasses of wine with them from place to place. And I think that, you know, eventually the city council went, hold the hell on. You can't be just walking around with booze. That's not okay. And the sort of cultural war that went on about this was was awesome, you know, because I I have a personal conflict with it because, you know, I think some of the organizers were, were not nice me so i don't you know I, I have an axe to grind i think that's unfair but it's mine and i'm gonna own it and and uh and the event got to be snobby and then the when when the city council said okay we can't give you a license for this event the the response really sort of in my in my estimation to be a little bit of a observer was very very entitled instead of just responding to the the issue at hand, which was, okay, you know, we can't have this license, da-da-da-da-da. Instead of trying to do that, it turned into this, you know, the culture of groovy and why the hell shouldn't this be allowed? And we, 
you know, this isn't a problem, man. It should be okay. And and instead of just trying to solve the problem, they, you know, tried to, it, it seemed like a, a bullshit response. But I think Exhibit Tours is a good, was a good event, you know. It's a good conversation to have about the closing of the streets, you know, because had you closed the streets, would you have been okay with it? Yeah. Would it have made sense? It, it The thing is, it makes sense. The problem for me is, the argument makes sense to me. Just look. Let's just have. Let's walk around with wine. I'm okay with that. As a, but I'm also not a drinker. Like you know, I'm never going to be the guy walking around with wine. You know, maybe on my birthday I used to be, but not anymore. Um, so I don't really see a cultural problem with that. But I think that the deal is, what we're seeing now is there's these drunken buffoons that sit on the 400 block and. You know, they get drunk somewhere else and they come and sit on the 400 block and try to, they put vodka in their water bottles. Right. You know, and so that's the reason why there's a law against that sort of behavior. You know, there's there's a reason for it. So it's just, it, it was, it was an, I thought it was an ugly episode in, in our, our city's history. But, you know. Yeah, it was unfortunate how it ended because yeah. it was a very successful event. Exactly, it was, and it was nice, and everybody was cool, mm-hmm. you know, except the organizers. And it would have been great, you know, to keep going, but it just, yeah, there's no way around it. They didn't really give the city council any, you know, sort of an ultimatum kind of deal. Either you give us exactly what we want, or you know, screw you. And the city council just for me though, it probably happened. Like what happened with Lollapalooza. I'm sure the first year of Lollapalooza was a lot different than it was, yes. you know, three years ago. Right. So, you know, eventually the exhibit tour thing became too overcrowded. Right. Too many kids and people with baby carriages taking yep. up the whole sidewalk. You know, it was just, it was such an overcrowded event. You had to wait in line for almost an hour for this measly little glass of wine. It was just, it wasn't enjoyable anymore. Right. And, and I that- think that's what's been happening with festivals. Yes, that well. is what happens with festivals. They invariably start off, you know, like, hey, let's, you know, I've got a big yard. Let's have, like, there, this this woman, Sarah, here in Wausau, is a big music fan. And she had, she bought a house with a, like, a one-acre field out in the, like, in the town of Maine or some, one of these bullshit little towns that don't really exist outside of Wausau. And she said she's got friends who are musicians, and so one weekend they set up a stage and a PA and had Sarah Fest or Sarah Stock or whatever the hell she called it. <laughs> and the and the thing is, yeah, that's great for you know her three hundred friends, but you know at some point if that thing gets to ten thousand people, then all of a sudden you know you've got to do grown up stuff, you know yeah. you've got to have bathrooms so that not everybody is waiting inside your house to go to the bathroom. You know, you gotta you gotta have insurance in case somebody falls down. You gotta do all of these grown up things. And exhibit tour is is the reaction to you know the criticism of exhibit tour. In my opinion, is exactly that. It's like, look, look, man, it's just cool. We're just we're just walking around drinking wine, having a good time, looking at pictures. But that's not what you're doing anymore. You know, there's three thousand people walking around with baby carriages and all this other stuff and if somebody falls down and gets hurt okay now what you know so so do you think that that uh in central wisconsin do you think the do you think we could support more festivals do you think we could have a you know a larger festival set of events maybe i don't know i'd like to think that we could but i just don't know if people would come You'd have yeah. to charge money for it. You'd have to, because you need major acts. You know, you need hot newcomers, up and comers, stuff like that. You can't just have a whole weekend festival full of local bands, right? Local or musicians, yeah. right? You need a variety of content. You need you need awesomeness, and you need to. It needs to be something grand, right? And you can't do that for free. Right, exactly. So then let's let's do this. So if we, if you and I, we 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 talked about having our own festival. Mm-hmm. So did did you give that any thought? I did. Okay, so I'm going to let you start. I didn't give it a name though. Okay, well that's okay. But mine would be I, I would like to see a mashup festival. 
okay? And I would like to see, do you remember back in the day, I remember a particular um, album that mixed rock and rap. Do you remember this? Public Enemy and Anthrax. Sure, yeah. Who else? Who else were some of the, I can't think of some of the bands on that album, but I loved that album. It was awesome. I want to see that again. I want to see, you know, what's left of the Beasties and the Black Keys on stage together. You know, David Bowie and, and Little Dragon or, right. or uh, Trent Reznor and Tame Impala. You know, it's just crazy mashups of really talented musicians. It'd be the yeah. mashup festival. That'd be Something cool. Like that. I'd like to see that. Yeah. See, I you know what I'd like... Um, God, I would... You know, now that you were, we're talking about it, I just realized that, you know, I didn't mention Riot Fest or... A festival that I that I don't think is around anymore called the International Pop Overthrow, uh, that was born in Chicago that I really liked. But I, I think I'd like to do. You know, it'd be cool to have that. What I'd like to do is have you know some sort of bands with with power. You know, rock bands, just the, my musical tastes. But I'd want to put them in every event. Like I'd want. The Grand Theater to have something at seven o'clock, and then intermission to have something, and then Malarkey's and da 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 da, so that it was every everybody, and then it would end, you know, down on the island with, you know, a big band. Right. You know, I think that that would I I'd like I'd like to see everybody put their, you know, essentially their parochial self interest aside, and you know everybody you know kind of work together on this thing where you know intermissions has a band at one o'clock somebody has a band at two o'clock at the next venue so people are you know you're all taking part in the weekend but you're not you know you're not going to get the whole thing you're, you're not going to be the only thing so i think that that would be you know because like if you go to warp tour god i forgot i didn't even mention warp tour <laughs> um god and warp tour is sort of my least favorite great festival because it's so hot every time i mean they they don't even try to pretend that they're going to put it on grass they just put it in a parking lot and so there's 15,000 kids standing on asphalt and oh it's just the worst but like you know warp tour is is two stages side by side you know band a runs on stage 1 they stop literally the crowd just shuffles over to the next stage and watches what's going to happen there then shuffles back and it's just it's it's a, a perfectly awful thing because it's so fucking hot but you know yeah I'd but like at to least s- they get to see both of the stages yes and the problem right. with Riot Fest is there's over 100 oh, bands oh god Riot Fest right so Riot Fest the deal is that it's things like Riot Fest and South by Southwest are really about the city being on showcase uh, or on display you know you go to you go to austin and yeah you're gonna you're gonna hear oh christ jack white got back together with meg white and they played a set at some club and you missed it because because it's across town but the reality is you just saw the black keys at antones and you're you should be happy but there's all this other stuff happening like you know riot fest the deal like one year I, I had to make a choice between seeing Iggy Pop and Bad Religion, two of my favorite things, and I'm like, no, oh shit! All of a sudden, that band, that that entire weekend has become right, a wash. right, and it's no more. It's not fun anymore yeah. because you missed out on something that you 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 know, maybe Bad Brain set wasn't that great right. this time around. Exactly, you know. Shit, I should have seen. Right, I should have. You know, I should have. I should have. Yeah, and it's just that thing where it's like, okay. We can't. You can't have everything. But the problem is, they they grow like Riot Fest is now three cities, you know, and it's you know three different places all summer long, and you know it's five hundred bands over the course of a summer, and it's it's successful because it it moves the needle for these musicians, you know. See, you know the the ability for crappy band from Chicago to say, you know, I opened for this band at Riot Fest, that becomes a thing for them, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see, you know, I I'd like to see a, an all fat possum reunion festival, you know, get the get the Black Keys back together with the Fat Possum family, or an all, you know, epitaph 
festival where it's all those guys, you know, bring all those bands together. But, you know, I don't, again, I don't think anybody would come to see, to really, to see the shit that I'd want to put on a stage because I'm, I'm really, like, at one, you know, we all do this thing where, or I do this thing where, you know, the $200 million lottery prize is out there. So I sit and I'm like, well, yeah, what would I do with the money? And I, every time it's like, I'm going to have a music festival. And I, and I pick bands and I'm like, yep, that's going to be like me and my three friends, you know, <laughs> and nobody, you know, like at one point the, the death grips were on the list and I'm like, I don't even want to see them, you know? So yeah, but I'm, yeah, you're right. It would be great. I mean, Jesus, people are talking about these public enemy shows that they're doing now, you know, and it's just amazing. Like Prince playing in downtown Minneapolis at Jazz Fest, that that happens, and that's a, an amazing thing, you know. Yeah. He just does it as a surprise. So, yeah. All right, so we've been talking now for a while, so it's time for us to do our endorsements. Yeah. Did you, you go do you have any? I have a couple. Okay, so I'll have... do mine. Yeah. Because I actually have three that I put in Trello. Um. So, uh, one, the first one is the TV show Halt and Catch Fire. It's a, a TV show on AMC. It's in its second year, and it's sort of about the birth. It's a fictionalized account of the birth of personal computing. It's a it's a it's about a a company in Texas who uh, around the same time Apple was happening and. Um, Xerox and things like that. All when the, in that era when the Apple One was happening, they they went. And, it's a fictionalized account of them building a a a, comp, a personal computer, and so it's really it's a it's a fun show, and I, I find it compelling. So for whatever reason, um, you want me to do all of mine and then come back? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, then the next, I'm as I've said, I'm I'm unemployed, so I have a lot of time for Netflix. And uh, one of the shows that I'm watching now is called The Chef's Table. Have you seen this? I've seen it advertised, but I haven't watched any of the episodes. So one of the documentaries that I just truly love is uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi, about uh, a man in Japan who's a sushi chef. Well, that's hard to say. Um, And it's the same. They made a a documentary or a a show. It's six, six episodes. Each episode is a... Uh, sort of a food porno- pornographic thing with uh, one individual chef, a documentary about one chef and their take on food and sort of preparing an individual meal. And it's just, you know, yeah, it's it's really kind of fun. I think food culture is fun. And I, you know, it's a couple, I listen to a couple of food podcasts and uh, like food is the new rock and things like that. And so it's, it's a fun sort of extension of high level food ism, which is nice. cool because it's not, that we live in central Wisconsin, so high-level food is really not a thing that we're exposed to, um, <laughs> unless it's that buffet guy at uh, the 400 block. Um, and then the last thing, really, uh, the Women's World Cup. You know, I watched but while we were waiting uh, to get uh, the recorder set up tonight. I watched USA versus Sweden, and we won. And it's just, it's one of those, like, I, I get more excited by the Women's World Cup than I do by the men's World Cup, and I think it's probably because we have a shot at winning, and uh, and it's a lot of attractive athletic women, and I find that cool as hell. But I think that it's you know I think I really like watching the women, and I always have like since the the first year when they won the women's World Cup, I'm like wow, this is something I do you know like me and uh, Menser would go to like we'd take half a day off of work and we'd go to Buffalo Wild Wings and we watch you know, the quarterfinals or the semifinals. And so that was, that's always been a thing. And I really like, I like watching soccer, football, soccer. So, so what about you? I read about an app this week called Hound. Did you you hear about it? Nope. I'm downloading it now. Put up, well, you can't download it because it's only available for Android right now. But it's put up by SoundHound, which I'm sure you've heard of, which is very similar to Shazam. But this is, they're calling it the Siri Killer because it's faster than Siri, it does Siri better. It uh, something on TechCrunch said that they were pursuing a bigger version of Siri than what Apple uh, 
a bigger version that Siri had before Apple acquired it. Did I get that right? Really? So yeah, it's supposed to be a big, it's supposed to be a big deal. It's only available on Android right now in private beta, but I'm excited to see the potential for that because I'm not thrilled by Siri, but I like the the, the opportunity that uh, a personal assistant like that sure. represents. And in researching our our podcast um, topic this week, I came across a great site called uh, Music Festival Junkies. Okay. So it's just a website. But it's got, um, you can put in your country, your state, your region, your genre, your month, and you can get a list of all of these amazing festivals going on. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that up on the site as well. And you shouldn't be able to, you shouldn't miss any festival this summer. Well, that's cool. All, all out there. And I found one in Southern, in Somerset, Wisconsin, which I don't know where it is, but it's, uh, I've never heard of it before, and there's some amazing bands. It's called the uh, Somerset Music Festival. Okay. Googling. We have Dead Mouse, Diane Wood, Earl Sweatshirt, Ghostface Killer. Whoa. Bone Thugs in Harmony, Purity Ring, The Weekend, Thievery Corporation, Tune Yards. I mean, it's an amazing festival. Action Bronson. So. That would almost be worth going camping for. Yeah, I mean, anytime. Okay, so are you look? Are you looking at the website? There's a picture of bad, bad, not good, and Ghostface Killer. So it looks like three white guys, and I know for a fact Ghostface Killer is not one of those dudes. So bad, bad, not good. I think I saw them on Wild and Out recently. Okay. I think there's a couple wow. of white guys in there. Anyway, yeah, I was surprised by the lineup. Given that I'd never heard of this of this uh, festival before, this is so. yeah okay. So I've seen Lizzo; she opened for Sleater Kinney, and that was cool. This looks like a lot of electronic music. This is really quite cool. Where are you looking? I'm not I'm summer S U M M Summer Set Festival. Right. So hmm. for 2015. You, yeah, click on lineup. Oh, I've had search that. You see all the circles? Somerset Camping Festival lineup. All right. Learn more. What are we talking circles? Where? So if you scroll down, you see where it says, if you click on lineup and then it says 2015 and you go down, it's all the bands that are playing. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of the ones that were listed. There were some yeah. other ones that weren't listed on that other site, but, yeah. Die Antwerd. Those guys were in Chappie. That's an amazing lineup. Yeah, I right? mean, it really is. This is really impressive. So. I mean, I think that, you know, anytime you can put, anytime Earl Sweatshirt comes to Wisconsin, <laughs> that's pretty goddamn, anytime any of the Tyler, the creator, crew comes to Wisconsin. That's pretty goddamn cool. So, yeah. But I'm going to guess this is all... This looks like a lot of... Yeah, there's, this looks like almost entirely electronic music. So that's pretty cool that they're doing it. You know? So... Yeah. Okay, what else? So there you go. That's all I got. Just those two. All right, cool. So if people want more information, how can they find us? Here you are, Wassa.com. And uh, here you are, Wassa, at on Twitter. Okay. And then uh, we can find you at, at Citizen Dino and me at, at EC Sorensen1. It's kind of a yeah. mouthful. But anyway. Yeah, that's true. So what's, yeah, We've got those all up on the website. All right, cool. All right, man, thanks. It's been a great podcast. Good talking to you. Okay. Later. We're sitting here today with film star Natalie Portman. Hello. So, Natalie, what's a day in the life of Natalie Portman like? Do you really want to know? Please, tell us. I don't sleep, mother off that yak and that Durban. Doing 120, getting hit while I'm swerving. Damn, Natalie, you a crazy chick. Yo, shut the up and suck my d- I'm busting dudes' mouths like gushers, mother Roll up on NBC and smack a s*** out, Jeff Zucker. What you want, Natalie? To drink and fight. What you need, Natalie? Just go all night. Don't test me when I'm crazy off that airplane glue. Put my foot down your throat till you're in my shoe. Leave you screaming. Pay for my dry cleaning.
sorry, Natalie. Are we to believe you condone driving while intoxicated? I never said I was a role model. But what about the kids that look up to you? Do you have a message for them? All the kids looking up to me can suck my and put them on a drink till I'm sick like a crook. Natalie, I'm surprised. All of this from a Harvard graduate. Well, there's a lot you may not know about me. Really? Such as? When I was in Harvard, I smoked weed every day. I cheated every test and sorted all the yay. I got a deaf posse. You got a bunch of dudes. I'll sit right there on your face and take your Now, you are a badass bitch. Yeah. And I always pay for your dry cleaning with my gets in your shoe as for the drug use well i can vouch for that my is scared of you okie doke natalie one final question if you could steal a smooch from any guy in hollywood who would it be no more questions